Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Glad to have you in here today. Hey, man, it's good to be back. Good to be in the studio with you. Glad I get a couple of days with you. Super glad I get several days with Peyton this week, but I love having conversations with both of you. I guess one of these days we'll have to figure out how to have a third microphone on this thing well, third microphone we can we can all expanding just three men 15 can we keep it under 15 minutes we can't even keep with, it under with 15 a third minutes microphone? with two men i don't know <laughs> but new challenges right yeah, new we'll challenges have to, we'll have to figure that one out anyway glad you're here today we're in james chapter 2 talking a little bit more about judging and wealth and finances money yeah. filthy lucre and and sometimes not filthy lucre maybe it's yeah, i mean lucre. My, mine's not is lucre filthy. is lucre always filthy i or, i know after i rolled change i gotta wash my hands <laughs> i know that <laughs> that's true it gets a that's little true well, it gets a little grungy all yeah, that change absolutely anyway do you, all have, a, do you have a big pickle jar at your house i i do not have a big pickle jar but i do have a bowl that i put change in yeah. Yeah. and uh, and once it fills up then i have to go buy i at, at our credit union they actually will you pour it in a machine and it'll roll it for us. It's oh, very seriously? nice, straight up. No, I've got I've got one of those jars. We fill it up, and it is. It then is you have a, to roll it by hand. We do. In fact, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a little Thanksgiving tradition, you oh, know. Okay. Right? Is that that Thanksgiving break weekend? We like to roll up that change, and that's usually one or two extra presents for. You know, for the wife or mom or whoever. Well, there you go. Yeah, so it's always fun to see that jar filled up. Anyway, that is some filthy lucre. Let's talk about James 2. I'm looking at my Bible in James chapter 2 and verse number 1 from the New King James Version. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you? And drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? Mm. Mm. Has not God chosen the poor mm-hmm. to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Yeah. What a question. I mean, it looks like a church that really needs to do some training on their greeters and their ushers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we, you know, need to have a really good, good have guest a, evangelism it's, program. It's good to have ushers that show you to a seat. Like, that's good. As long as Except it's... Except theirs are all messed up because they're going to take the poor people and make them footstools. Yeah, you get to sit over there. You get to sit in the, the balcony. We have the place for you. Yeah, but you sit in the back where nobody can see you. Absolutely. Whereas with the rich people, we're going to put you right down front, best seat in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here it's, of course, divided by class. We know here in our country there was a time when that was an issue of race. Well, yeah, I think I think this is a principle that while we're seeing while we're seeing the specific application to wealth and class, it can apply to a lot of distinctions. You know, we do have a um, a middle class here in the United States. And I know, you know, that was on the program somewhat yesterday talking about middle class and seeing ourselves as middle class. But, you know, I I think about congregations in other places around the world, for instance, in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get I have the opportunity to go there and do some preaching from time to time. 
and you've got a culture there that uh, has in its history a large influx of uh, Indian population with their caste system. You have there in that population a history of colonialism. Mm. Uh, uh, the Germans ruled them for a while or colonized for a while. The British had them as a protectorate for a while. Okay, And when you come out of those systems, uh, or I should say those are in your past, that class distinction is still very real. Big, big deal. Big, big deal. Mm. And, it, and even to the degree of how people will greet one another on the street, if there is a perception among the people that I am a lower class than you, then I should not look you in the eye. Mm. Right? Yeah. And uh, you know, when you think about taking the gospel into cultures like that, this message in James has such immediacy because— it's not that the poor man goes into that room and feels so affronted that he's been told to be the footstool. It's that he's going into that room expecting to be told that he's the footstool. Mm. Okay? And in the church, he should be disappointed. In the church, he should be taught and shown, as well as the rich man, that those kinds of distinctions need to go away. Right. That this faith is not impartiality, that this is a different place and a different approach to brothers and sisters, right, that, that, that we're family, and those kinds of uh, difficult social stratifications, those need to all be washed away by the blood of Christ. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here because of Jesus, not because of my wealth. Exactly. But also not because of my poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're not yeah. here because there's something about me that is so powerful that I have the right and deserve to be here. We're here because Jesus has invited us into his kingdom Amen. and paid the price Mm-hmm. The price of adoption, the yeah. price of ransom, and to, hey, to bring and, us in. And to that end, you think about the people rich in this world, and and the you know the fellows that are able to wear gold rings and fine apparel, like James talks about. What what problems do they have in their society that money isn't a fix? Mm. Right? What problems? They're the ones that should be able to, to to handle all these things. You know, from their perspective, they deserve that seat of honor because they run the show. Yeah. In so many other contexts, not in the Lord's not kingdom, here. not in the church. Right. Yeah. Right. Has not God chosen the poor, James says. I think he's pointing back when he makes that comment, especially when he talks about them being heirs of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We've made comment about Jesus' sermon on the mount. Here, I think we need to pay closer attention to what we often call the sermon on the plain. Oh, which is okay. like another version of that same sermon. Yeah. It does seem to be something that Jesus taught at a different time. Wait, it's, wait a second, Edwin. Slightly different. Have, have you ever taught the same sermon on more than one occasion? Dude, so many times. In more than one place. <laughs> so many times. And sometimes <laughs> it comes out a little different. Well, every time it comes out a little different. I mean, it's, it's just, you never say the same thing twice. I heard of a preacher that wrote two years worth of sermons. And he changed churches every two years. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But yes, I I think that is the way preaching works. And so let's not be surprised that Jesus does the same not thing. Not at all. As Luke records, we have, I think, a different iteration of this teaching. So it does sound a little bit different. But sure. here's the way it's said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 20. He lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And then just a few verses later in in Luke's account, he adds woes, verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Mm. 
In that statement, I think James is finding his basis for, has not God chosen the poor? Yeah. He's, he's chosen those who are poor to have the kingdom. He is explaining a great danger mm-hmm. of riches and wealth. Yeah. Expound on that for me. Well, again, with the social stratification, the idea that if I have wealth, then I am independent. If I have wealth, then I have my resources. If I have wealth, then I have power. It is the poor man who has those illusions removed from his eyes, or at least I should say those temptations, to self-reliance and self-deliverance because he doesn't have the money. So who can he call out to for aid and help? It's God and it's God alone. He must put his trust in God. And that's not to say that, that riches are evil. From my perspective, I would look at riches and say that these are a blessing from God if they're understood that way, if they're stewarded that way. But we are warned about the potential of these blessings being twisted, that gold can become the idol, that it can feed covetousness. And I don't think God you know, wants to put uh, stumbling blocks in our way, per se, to bring us to sin. But at the same time, there are spiritual temptations that go along with money the poor don't have. Uh, I guess I also need to be fair and say you don't have to have money, though. That's right. To be covetous. Because, yeah. boy, you'll find some people that uh, because of their very difficult circumstances, they just seem to be downright greedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Back in Proverbs 31, in the prayer offered there, the um, oh, goodness, now I can't remember the, the name of the author in that little section, but he prays, God, don't give me too much. Because then I might forget you and I forget that it came from you. But don't give me too little because I'll be tempted to sin and profane your name by stealing. And so we we see both sides of that. Has not God chosen the poor? It's a surprising thing to to think about God choosing the poor instead of the wealthy. But I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God has not chosen the things that someone from the world would choose. Yeah. He's, he's chosen something different. And I, and I think, how does that dovetail with these last couple of verses that we read back in James 2 and verse 6 uh, about the rich? Are they the ones that oppress you? Are they ones that drag you into court? Are they not the one that blasphemes the name that you're called? Mm. I mean, it, it seems like, and we, we talked about this, I think you reminded yesterday in the program, that it if the background is these are early, predominantly Jewish Christians, they're already uh, diaspora, they've already left because of persecution, it sounds like there's still some persecution that they're facing. Yes. And it sounds like it's coming from that you know, upper class, mm-hmm. the rich folks. Yes. Which makes it all the more curious, why are you bending over backwards to bring these people in the church and, you know, make them feel great uh, when when they're the ones that are a sor- one of the sources of your trials. There, there may be just the very simple thing. If we can get them to come be part of us, they'll quit persecuting us. Well, that could be it. Of course, the problem is, is that there's a reason they're persecuting, and it is not just about class. Mm-hmm. And so often, in order to court those who are persecuting us, we compromise with those who are persecuting us. Ooh. And that's a real problem. Yeah. And so yeah, that's James, I think, would even push against that. Has not God chosen the poor? 
I think we've done a good job right now demonstrating the scripture presents money, though itself not evil, sure. as as a temptation. It produces temptations and dangers, and I wanted to make sure we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I do want to come around because even as Peyton pointed out yesterday, James is not saying everybody who's poor is saved, and right. James is not saying everybody who's rich is lost. James is not saying that the qualification for the kingdom is poverty. He's, of course, saying it's not wealth. Mm -hmm. But he actually does give us what the qualification is as he continues on. Has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to whom? Those who love the Lord, those Mm -hmm. who love God. That's actually the qualification. And those who are poor can love God. And those who are wealthy can love God. God. But we have learned, man, it's hard. You can't love both wealth and God. It's difficult when you're wealthy to enter the kingdom because there's such a temptation to love the wealth. But again, as you've pointed out, it, it might be difficult for the poor because they love the wealth and they want it and they long for it. Now, I love the contrast of the word love contrasted uh, with First Timothy 6 and verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, yeah. for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced them through with many sorrows. Love the Lord or love the money. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's the qualification. Has God chosen the poor? I think we recognize through Scripture that those... Those who are not caught up with wealth, they're not pursuing it. When they get it, they share it. And yeah, so rich in good works. Rich right? in good works, yeah. generous, ready to share, thus laying up a treasure as a foundation for a real future that you may have what is truly life. All of that is there. I think uh, kind of an illustration I thought of this week is, is when God blesses his people with finances. It's, it's a lot like having the gift of a really good guard dog. You know what? That is a good gift. And as a tool, it can be used. It can protect. It can help. But if you don't treat that thing properly, it'll turn on you. Mm. <laughs> it'll turn on you. And that's that's the same kind of blessing here. God can give us the blessing of finances, of wealth. When we use it as a tool for service, it can protect, it can serve, it can help others. But if we don't treat it properly, it will turn on us. Let's make sure to love God, not money. How about you lead us out in prayer? Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this time in your word. Father, as we consider this passage in James 2, we pray that, that Father, you would help us to, to discern in our own hearts that we see precious souls and that people are people. Father, uh, sinners apart from Christ, but saved in Christ and the power of the gospel to redeem. And Father... It grows the love in our heart for you to appreciate that, to be reminded of that. We want to be thankful for our material blessings, for what wealth we have, but we want to be wise with those things and good stewards, that we use them in ways that bring glory to you and honor to you and are truly beneficial and fruitful in all the ways that you would have them to be so. We pray, Father, that uh, we would always be uh, cheerful and courteous and uplifting to people around us to love friends but to love enemies as well with the gospel of jesus christ help us to do that this day in his name we pray amen amen thanks for talking about the text with us today i'm edwin crozier and i'd like to invite you to join the christians who meet on livingston avenue in lutes florida this sunday for our bible classes and worship you can find out more at christiansmeethere.org check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.